to the Better Me Podcast. I am your host, Jen, and just a friendly reminder, I'm merely a curious girl looking for a platform to chat, learn, and dish. I'm not a professional therapist or claim to be an expert. Also, in every episode, I can't assure you this is at all appropriate for children, so be aware of that when starting to listen. And with that, let's work on being a better me. Hi, and welcome to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen. Thank you so much for tuning in today. On today's episode, I am answering a listener question, which was, he would like to hear the topic of balancing life in the military with marriage and family. And I think this is going to be a good episode for just about anyone. So don't tune out if you're not in the military, because I think that a lot of these tips um, can hold true if you're in a relationship with a spouse who travels for work or even just little tips and tricks for marriage in general. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. I thank you so much for subscribing and rating and reviewing. Please continue to do that. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I will be joined by John. Hi, and welcome back to the Better Me Podcast. This is Jen, joined by... Your co-host, John. My co-host, John. Yeah. See how it just rolls off the tongue now? So great. So today we are talking about a subject that, I mean, it's obviously close to us and you in particular, um, balancing marriage and family when you're in the military. Yeah. I mean, 30 years, actually 40 years really in the military for me since I did 30 active duty and now 10 years still working for the military, but as a civilian. So yeah, I think I have a few tips on that one. Yes, I think you, well, and I think that you're going to come at it at a different perspective than I am even because you had some previous experience. What do you mean? That maybe wasn't quite as successful. Oh, you're right. Okay. (laughs) Oh, you want me to go all the way back? Well, I mean, we can talk about why that maybe affected some issues. That's no, that's no, uh, that's no big secret. Had many conversations with the girls and Linda on that. Linda's my ex-wife, so. Right. Yeah. So um, let's just start out with one thing that kind of came to mind when I was doing the research for this one is that I was thinking that a lot of times it seems like military guys in particular, and this could be women too, but they tend to get married on the younger side. Yes, and a lot of people would think that's because they're lonely. I think it's mainly because of the financial benefits of being married in the military. Right. You don't have to live in the barracks. You can live out in town. You know, you get extra money for 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 groceries. You get extra money for rent. Um, you know, in the barracks, you're living in there with close quarters. You know, you don't really always have your own space. Um, when there's duty to be done on the weekends, they always go after the single Marines to do that shit first, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of bullshit because, you know, don't punish me because I'm, I didn't get married. You should, in fact, you should be incentivizing 
not getting married at an earlier age to save the government money. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that's I one think part that, of the reason. Okay. I also think that the culture kind of leans towards, you know, people getting married and having kids, right? I mean... Um, I, I don't know if it's encouraged by the culture. I, I don't know if I would agree with that. Okay. Never at, my, at any point have I ever spent in the military where they were, like, encouraging marriage. Okay. So, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, you're maybe you're away from home uh, at the beginning. You're lonely. Uh, the girl you were dating s- seems that much more appealing because of that loneliness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of people, uh, you know, absence makes the, the heart grow fonder, so to speak. Okay. And now you're gone from that person and, you know, they want to get married. Or I mean, I think that's another big portion of it, mm-hmm. you know? Or even the idea that, like, you, you know, you might be leaving... So maybe just like quick grab on to this and, you know, secure. Yeah. I mean, the, I, I mean, I'm sure some people look at it from like, if I'm going into harm's way, I want to leave a legacy. I want to, you know, maybe I should do that now in case I don't get a chance to do that later on in life. Mm-hmm. Cause there is no later on in life, you know? Right. Um, I, I'm sure there's a variety of reasons why historically, uh, people in the military have a tendency to, marry at a younger age, but they also probably have a tendency, a large tendency to divorce Mm. at a higher rate. Yes. Yeah. And we'll be talking about some of the reasons that that might happen. Okay. So, um, I would say right off the bat, something that would be something that you should highly consider is getting premarital counseling and you can get it right from the source you can get it right through the military yes so i think that that like premarital counseling brings uh to light a lot of possible issues that you might be facing later yeah you're right i mean but i mean how many 19 20 21 year olds have the wherewithal to know I need, I, this is how I should do it. I should get counseling. Well, one of the things though, is that if you do get married from a chaplain, it's required. Oh, that's a fact. So that's a fact. you have to go through like six months. But a lot of individuals end up going home to get married because they want their friends and family to be there. You know what I mean? Oh. So oh, the majority of the weddings take place not on, you know, not by the a naval chaplain like we had. Right. Yeah. Well, we did get married um, by a chaplain and he did require six months of... Oh, did he ever. ...premarital counseling. That was pretty intense stuff. Yeah. Um, But... We we were his first marriage. No, we were his first marriage here. Oh. He had done them like... Oh, okay. ...when he was deployed, but... Yeah, he ran us through the fucking ringer, I'll tell you that. One thing that was kind of funny, though, is that he did say... At our wedding ceremony, I was really shocked to find a couple who actually had already discussed every topic that I touched on. Like, that wasn't a normal thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, remember, every time he'd bring it up, we'd start snickering. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. Ch- chaps, we we, <laughs> we, we, we hit that one, yeah, you know? Like, check. 
Yeah. <laughs> in conflict resolution. Well, what about this? You guys certainly have probably had this. Nope. <laughs> well, how about this? Nah, not yet. Keep next. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That was kind of funny. So. Um, but I do think that that would be an important thing to think about. Yeah. I, because I, a lot of things you don't consider that, you know, like we should be talking about this, but it's something that is definitely going to come up later. How often did we meet with him? Once every... Once a month, I think. Once a month. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he was a good guy. He was a good guy. Yeah. Um, so still, still is a good guy. Oh yeah, he's yeah. he's still alive. He's not dead. <laughs> Actually, we just recently sent him a picture of us. Like, guess what? We're still married. Oh, that's right. <laughs> twenty two years. Well, not twenty two years. It was later. twenty. I think we sent him. Oh, it's twenty. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so balancing work and home life. Okay. Leaving your work at the door, Mm. which I think is pretty important when it comes to a job, you know, such as a lot of the different jobs that people are doing in the military. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's a hard one. I mean, but that's not exclusive to the military. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people like cops and firefighters and doctors and truck drivers that have some stressful jobs and, you know, teachers where it's easy to come home and vent. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And I would say that most spouses will do their best to be a listener, but it gets old mm-hmm. to just hearing someone bitch. Right. It's exhausting to listen to someone complain. For sure. Yeah. And if it's something where they're pretty keyed up, like, um, for example, maybe they're a drill instructor. Right. And they come home and they're keyed up, you know. And they can't turn it off. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of funny. You should use that example because obviously a drill instructor has to become someone else. Mm-hmm. They don't, well, they, some of them might come to really hate the recruits. Mm-hmm. You know, but they're doing a job. Right. And they've got to become... They're like actors. They are like actors. I remember for so many years not ever wanting to cross paths with those fucking drill instructors because I thought they were just bad shit crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was probably a corporal or sergeant before I realized, like, ah, oh, this that was a fucking act. Right. I really thought these guys were just that off, just tilted... <laughs> Sideways, you know, with anger, right? Um, and, and it like, like hurts, you know. He was a drill instructor. Mm-hmm. You'd never know it though when you talk to him, right? <laughs> you know, but uh, I can't even imagine it actually. Oh, he can, he can flip it. Yeah, <laughs> he can get he can go back to that in a second. Wow. Um, but yeah, I I think for jobs like that where you've got to be like a, a police officer has to be an authoritarian, you know. And, even an educator's got to be authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably easier said than done, but you really got to check yourself and ask yourself, how much am I taking home? How much am I venting to my spouse? Small doses, mm-hmm. you know? Even if you have, all right, I got a five-minute vent zone. Yeah. Five minutes, you know? And as a spouse, I would say, okay, get it off your chest, but now tell me the best part of your day. Right. There had to be a best part. Mm-hmm. 
you know, um, make him, make him, make him give something and look for a positive. He was like, you know what? You're on the fucking right side of the grass. Right. <laughs> yeah. You could be on the other side. So right. if that's all you can come up with, then let's talk, you know, let's start there. Okay. So just my advice. Yeah. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, so another thing that I wanted to talk about was the possibility of like PTSD. Oh. And, you know, how you navigate, you know, somebody being gone, maybe on deployment for a while and coming back and having issues with that sort of thing. Yeah. I, that's nothing that I ever experienced uh, for the fact that, as you know, as most of your listeners know, I spent the lion's share uh, 24 of my 30 years on recruiting duty. Now, not to say recruiting duty can't give you freaking PTSD because <laughs> that is a stressful, yes. stressful job. Well, I remember, I mean, I remember a lot of times you either sleeping in your office yeah. or coming home in the middle of the night, you know, because you had to make mission. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember you being very stressed out. Yeah. It, well, I'm not saying it's, it's very stressful. But I mean, in compare, I mean, they, they say that um, next to combat recruiting is the most stressful job in the military. I mean, combat veterans who've been on military, uh, been on recruiting duty, will tell you that. Okay. You know, in, in fact, some I've heard say, "Fuck this, I'd rather be back in Afghanistan." Wow. Than on <laughs> recruiting duty. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, but you know, you're not going to lose your life on recruiting duty. Right. You know. Right. Where that. Or like loud noises don't freak you out, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't, I, I can't really speak for someone that has dealt with PTSD. I've been associated with many individuals who have really had a hard time with it. Uh, I've known Marines who ended their lives because how traumatic it is. Mm -hmm. uh, I think law enforcement goes through it exact the, the exact same thing. Because, Probably worse because they face a potential combat zone every single day. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's something that's real. I know when I first started hearing about PTSD, I'm like, ah, fucking eat a dick. You just toughen up. Because mm -hmm. that wasn't always, it, no one had a term for it. Right. You know? Well, but now that I know what I know, that was just a stupid, naive statement. Because it is a real thing. Totally. The brain has to have a way... To heal from severe trauma. Yes. Uh, and that could be not just something that you've seen or something you've witnessed or maybe even the death of a loved one. Any severely traumatic experience can easily trigger a PTSD event or events long down the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And as a spouse, it can be really scary and um, it can be, you know, a deal breaker sometimes yeah. because a lot of times, and um, I'm actually thinking about an example. I have a friend whose um, husband at the time was in the army and he was in combat. And when he came back, he went through PTSD so bad and she would wake up in the middle of the night and he would get violent. Yeah. And, you know, like he was like half asleep. But, I mean, that their marriage ended because of it. Because she just didn't, you know, he couldn't get help or didn't, you know, didn't get help. Uh, it's, it's probably didn't get help because there is a lot of organizations now. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That can treat that. And I'll tell you, there's probably no better counselors out there than the VA and the social workers that work with them, with the military. 
because they're so they're so used to dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's uh, so many resources. There is, and I and I really really hope I keep coming back to law enforcement because I'll tell you, my heart breaks for law enforcement right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in the the military went through a very very tough time back in the seventies when the Vietnam was winding down. It was a very unpopular war. It was expensive war. Uh, the public was not was just tired of, of of hearing about Vietnam. Well, I've told you the story before about like when I was a kid, and you know people would say like the meanest stuff. Yeah. To my dad. Yes. In front of us. About the military. And it was such a different life when we got married, and people were constantly thanking you and patting you on the back. Right. And I was like, this was not my experience as a child. Yeah, and that has been the experience. It's almost like the country learned its lesson of how they treated the military. And they, 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 they're very appreciative now. Mm-hmm. However, law enforcement is going through that exact same thing right. that the military went through in the 70s where the country doesn't appreciate them. Mm-hmm. Well, as, as a whole. As a whole. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I damn sure appreciate them. I mean, I know you do, and most of the people that we associate, so very much appreciative. But when I see when I see these freaking protests against, and I'm not saying you don't have a bad cop. You have a bad everything. You have bad truck drivers. You have bad professors. You have bad teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, you have bad everything. But to go after and to demonize an entire group of people. Right. Is absolutely sickening to me. Yeah, there's you always going to be a bad egg. Of course, mm-hmm. but by and large, I mean, who's the people that are running into that fucking building to, or running in, running into in your car before it explodes to get you out of it? Mm-hmm. It's damn first responders. It's cops. It's, it's those guys. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I I hope that they have a good. Um, I hope they really learn from the military on how to get that help and not have to figure it out on the backside. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so another thing I wanted to talk about was deployment. Okay. So, and this could be the case too for, you know, if you're married to someone who travels a lot for work. Yeah. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was when someone leaves for deployment, of course, you know, number one would be to plan for that. Like, what are we going to do in the case where you have to go overseas for, you know, months? And am I going to stay here? Am I going to be the only one watching the kids? Um, Do we have a savings that I could fall back on if something happens? You know, getting your uh, papers in order so you know where all of your legal paperwork is. Um, But also... One thing that I think is probably one of the most difficult things is when they come back. So acclimating back to, you know, being a couple again in the same house and, you know, what do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, obviously the military is very good at being able to give support networks, you know, because it's so common and it happens so often. Mm -hmm. Um. But you're right, that's if they choose to stay. Some choose to go home, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yes, coming back home, and because think about it, if, if you and I are a couple, we have two small kids at home, and I leave, you now become the mother, 
the father, mm-hmm. the authoritarian, the comforter. You play all those roles. Right. Right? And now I'm gone and then I come back and now what? You have to give those up? Right. Or now you start to question the way I do it because you haven't done it that way. It's it, yes. it, it is difficult to assimilate back. And I would say those are certainly worthy of a young couple to have that conversation before deployment goes, you know, mm-hmm. or right before they come back and go, okay, just so you know, here's how I've been parenting. Because it's traumatic to those kids too. Right. Because they get used to something. Right. You know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and some of those deployments go for a long. Sometimes they get extended. Sometimes they're back for a year and they're back out on deployment again. It's really, really tough on a family. It's tough on kids. But I will tell you that. I'll tell you this. Those families that can survive that, mm-hmm. fucking solid as solid can be. Right. Those kids who are used to changing schools every three years and can reassimilate back into a new school, new friends, new classrooms, those are those are well-adjusted kids, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. If, they're, if done right. Yes. Because they can roll with the punches with the best of them. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So... So do you have, um, do you have any, well, I guess we were talking about too, like if somebody is like traveling for work and stuff and I, you know, I feel like personally this happens with us sometimes is, you know, you'll come home and say, uh, did, did we do this or, you know, or, oh, you have to do it this way. And I think like, well, I've been doing it that way. Yeah. Like I do it all the time. You know what I mean? Right. So I have to think twice. Like, you know, he doesn't think that way. He doesn't think like, this is how I trim the hedges. You know what I mean? Correct. No. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's different ways of, there's more than one way to skin a cat. Bad analogy (laughs) for, for you and I, I get that. But you know, I mean, that's that's just one of many challenges that you're going to have to work through when 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 they come back. Um, I would also say that for individuals that are getting ready to uh, go on deployment, or in in some cases, they're called geographical bachelors. This is particular popular as someone gets their kids into into bigger you know high school and stuff like that the the spouses have a good career themselves and then all of a sudden like what happened to me i got orders down to kansas city right so what were our options we uproot we sell everything we go to kansas city then i'm always up traveling on the road in kansas city you're there by yourself and we knew you were only going to be there for three years right Mm -hmm. and so we chose to be apart for Three years, mm-hmm. and that that was a long time. It was. I think we handled it well. I mean, I got home when I could. I mean, granted, it was only Kansas City, so it wasn't that far, but I wasn't certainly wasn't home every weekend, you know. Right. Um, and that was tough. That was, it, it, but it, it, that wasn't the first time I was gone. Remember, I was up in Wausau. We, that was a, a long separation, and mm-hmm. so we've we've had our we've had our military separation yes for sure but i I I feel like we really handled it well yeah i mean i don't know i didn't feel like it was 
quite as horrible. No, well, you know, I think when there's a, when there's trust that can t- take care of just about everything. Well, I mean, that's a really big thing. Yeah, that is a really big thing. Yeah, when you don't have to worry about that, I mean, you might miss the person, but you don't have to worry. What the fuck is that? Where are they doing? Yeah, why didn't you answer the phone? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. One hundred percent. But that would be true in everything. I mean that that same couple. There's no trust. I mean, every time you leave, you know, where's that bastard at? Right. So. Well, it could be the same with just like going on a work trip. Right. You know, for yep. a couple of days, like, oh, you're going with your coworkers. Is she? Is she hot? Right. <laughs> to say a John Purcell phrase. What? Is she hot? Do I ask that question a lot? <laughs> All the time. Well, I'm, I just, All the time. because I'm such a, me- I, 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 I'm such a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So if I can ask a couple questions about the individual. Right. And that's just where I start. You know, yeah. I'll ask you too. Uh, what about a guy, right? If you, oh yeah. If a guy comes in, you're you know, I had this guy comes in and cut his hair today. What do I ask? Was he hot? Was he hot? So <laughs> don't think I don't. I want to be fair. I may I may gender neutral hot asker. <laughs> hot asker. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to go through a list of tips for. Um, Keeping your military marriage strong. And this, a lot of these are basically like tips for any marriage, right? Okay. So the first one, this one is not. This is just exclusive to military. Take advantage of the marriage enrichment classes. Yes. So um, they offer all sorts of different classes, either online or in person, you know, a lot on military bases. Our district alone, our district alone, uh, our chaplain um, runs, and, and our family readiness officer, and my roommate uh, down there when I'm in the office, they run a really, really well-established family enrichment program. I mean, they go all over the Midwest. They go to these nice hotels and- Oh, that'd be fun to take one of those sometime. Oh, really? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, they even pay for it. Oh, yeah, I think that would be neat. Yeah, and they, uh, I, I mean, I don't know what the classes are, but, well, you you know the chaplain. We were on yeah. the yeah the COVID podcast. Yeah. And um, I don't think it's, I don't think enough families take advantage of it, mm. you know, um, because our chaplain down there does a really, really good job of, of running a lot of different programs and and different family enrichment. Um, right now, they're dealing with a lot of uh, um, a lot of uh, stress in the marriage because of how stressful recruiting is right now. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of recruiters that are really having a hard time because we're not doing well in recruiting. Right. This country is recruiting in the military is in real deep trouble right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that takes a stress on a recruiter where you're told, hey, look, you better make mission because your career's on the line. Right. You know? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. Um, so if somebody was interested in taking those enrichment classes, they would contact their chaplain? I would say, well, you contact your chain of command. Or family readiness. Family readiness, if they have one, chain of command, the chaplain, any of those would be... Chain of command can steer you toward the chaplain, the family readiness, family readiness officer. Every unit has a family readiness officer. Mm-hmm. Uh, every unit has a chaplain. Uh, those are the individuals where you go to. 
Okay. And I know they have things like that going on everywhere. Also, uh, I will mention there is something online. So if people were looking for these resources or they need to know like where they can find, you know, some help or whatever, they can go to militaryonesource.com. Yes. And that is a really great website. It has like support for uh, military and families, has counseling. Um, it'll tell you um, how to access like uh, continuing education. And it also will tell you how to plan a military wedding. So it will sh- um, hook you up with a chaplain. It will hook you up with premarital classes. It will also um, tell you if there's anything that you need to deal with as far as like immigration goes. So like another, you know, another obvious thing is that a lot of times military people end up marrying or getting engaged to someone from overseas because they are overseas and right. that's who they meet. Yep. Um, but that militaryonesource.com that will help you like get like immigration papers too if you need them perfect yeah military so. one source is a very very good uh, good place to to go through for a, a variety of issues mm-hmm. so i would check that out um so back to my tips the second one was what we already kind of touched on, which was honesty and trust, keeping communication open, um, also making sure that communication is easy. So like being open to it, you know, kind of a thing. So if I ask you a question, you answer it, you know, open-heartedly, not defensively, you know, it just breeds more trust. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. So... Um, and that's especially important if, if somebody's away from you for months and months, you know, also, um, figuring out what kind of communication you're expecting if someone is deployed. So are you expecting to get a phone call every single day? Are you expecting FaceTime? Are you expecting, you know, what are you expecting from them? Right. And kind of laying down like a certain ground rule. And that would be a good question for the spouse to ask the husband to ask the chain of command because maybe it's their first deployment. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the first deployment to whatever, wherever they're going. Mm-hmm. And what kind of reception do they have? Do they have, can I, you know, am I going to be able to email? Am I going to be able to text? Am I going to be able to call? Those are all questions you can ask in ahead of time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and then give your spouse kind of a heads up as yeah. to what they can expect I would also say um, if you're having a, a little spat and you're on deployment um, be really weary if you're the spouse to just say something mean and then hang up oh, gosh, and leave yeah. that person either be the, the, the husband or the wife out there on a deployment with that stuff in the back of their head because mm-hmm. wherever they're at, they have a purpose. They're mm-hmm. doing something important. And oftentimes they need their head in the game. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way you can freaking wait till they come back before you get knee deep in their ass, please do that. Yeah. Because That's a good it, point. it's hard to concentrate. It's one thing if at work, you know, but when they're deployed, they're deployed for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would say that that, you know, is probably true for work too. I mean, yeah. we've talked about that before where I'm like, I can't go to work 
and do my job effectively no. if I'm worried about something you're... Oh, I know. You know? You do not like to do anything if you think I'm mad at you. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot function correctly. Oh, horny. <laughs> um, okay, so the third one was to address finances often. So do you have a budget? Mm-hmm. What do you expect You know, out of that budget? Yep. And making sure that you're on the same page for that. Same thing. Family readiness officer can really, can, if they can't help you, they, I mean, the amount of resources the government has, the military has, um, for any type of issue, mm-hmm. it exists. Yeah. And if it doesn't exist, they'll create one. <laughs> right. You know, it's the government. Okay. So the next one was, okay, I, we already talked about this plan for deployment. Um, the next one, plan for moves to reduce stress. So you know you're going to move. Yeah. If you're staying in for longer than, you know, one shot, you're going to move. Yeah. So talking that over with someone, I would say even before you get married and making them aware of the fact that like, I plan on making this my career. I'm going to do 20, 30 years in the, in, you know, the military so we're going to move several times. When you marry a career military person, you marry them. You damn near join the military. Yes. Because a lot of the things that they do, you're doing right there along with them. Correct. So, yeah, you better know what you're signing up for. I would find myself, I would, if, 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 if I was marrying you and you were a, you said I'm going to be in the, in the Marine Corps for, for, for 20 years. I didn't know much about the military. I was like, okay. Here's what I need from you. I need you to find me a husband who is a career husband for his wife that's in the military. Because mm-hmm. I need to talk to that guy. Right. That was another one of the tips was find a mentor. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very much. Well, and we have those too. They're called sponsors, but yeah, they're, it's it's mentorship. Mm-hmm. So. Um, well, and I think too that that is going to affect how you proceed in your marriage. Are you going to have children? And if so, those kids are gonna have a completely different life than other kids. Yeah. You know, and are you okay with that? Are you okay asking your kids to move every three years? And they come crying because they don't wanna leave their friends. Mm-hmm. And every three years they go through that traumatic experience. And their dad maybe is gone for, yeah. you know, months at a time. I'm telling you, military kids are normally some of the most resilient adults ever. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Because, boy, they just they just learn to overcome and adapt and just roll with the punches. They don't get overly freaking stressed about shit because they just dealt with it at a young age and they just learn to cope. Right. You know? Yeah. So... Um, so a, another one was create a routine. So even, you know, in a world that maybe isn't as routine sometimes, you know, setting, you know, certain date nights or dinner times or whatever, something that you can both agree on. You know, I mean, I, I think that's a good idea for any marriage, not just the military. I mean, we, you and I are kind of in a battle rhythm where our date night is usually on Fridays mm-hmm. or Friday afternoon and sometimes Thursday night. Right. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, we're just, I think that's, uh, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta find time to just have fun with your 
spouse, mm-hmm. you know? And the, there's an expectation there too. So on Tuesdays, it's like, okay, I know that for sure we're going to spend Friday together, you know? Yeah. I think it's good to have that. Um, another one was ask for help. So don't be afraid to, you know, ask other families for help. Don't be afraid to, um, you know, find a regular babysitter. Maybe if you're, you know, if you're on a base or whatever, there might be some teenagers that can help you out or whatever. But just having like some additional help, right? Yeah, I mean, again, those military bases, there's there's help in around every corner if you ask mm-hmm. for just about anything. Yes. So another one was making big decisions together. So making sure that you're keeping, you know, maybe your spouse is deployed and you want to buy a new car, you know, making sure that you're keeping that person in the loop and, you know, asking like, what do you think about this? And is that okay as far as you're concerned, yeah. you know, because you don't want that person to feel like they're not part of the, the family unit anymore. And even about re-enlisting, am I re-enlisted? I mean, I hope you have that conversation. Yes. But yes. hopefully you're, you're, I mean, that's, that's kind of a no brainer, but I hear a lot of individuals that get divorced and they said, because I wanted to re-enlist and she did not. Mm-hmm. Not she did not want me to re-enlist. Because <laughs> she would have been re- basically, it means the same for her. Right. You know? Right. So. Well, and I think, you know, there's starting out with that expectation too. When you're, you know, getting engaged. It, do you already have it in your mind that you're going to do this as a career? Or do you think you're only going to do four years? Correct. You know? Yep. Um, and then just the final one was it takes two. So make sure that you're putting in equal work and um, remembering that you both need to compromise. So it shouldn't always be one person who's compromising. Yeah, that's that, that's universal. Yes. Um, so the other thing that I wanted to say was that there's like a few tips for the spouses that can make it you know, a little bit easier on them and maybe, you know, in turn make it easier for the person who's in the military. Um, one of them was learning the acronyms. Oh yeah. So learn the lingo. Learn military time. Learn military time, which I'm not super good at. Yes, you are. Not really. Really? I'm not that great at it. I have to like count in my head. <laughs> Do you really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, but like, once you learn the acronyms, you're like, okay, now we can have a conversation because yes. otherwise I have to stop you every two minutes and be like, what does that mean? Yeah. We, we the military does talk in acronyms. I get that, but uh, it's like learning a language. It's like if you if you and I got plopped in the middle of Mexico, we'd like what the I mean, alto, alto, stop, stop. I mean, there's not too many words we know. But you have to pick it up, and yeah. you do pick it up. Right, right. So. Um, another one was that maybe you may, not, you may not know this in advance, but that PDA is not prohibited when your spouse is in uniform. Uh, it's not. No, it is. It, it is prohibited. Yes. I'm sorry. It is prohibited. Correct. So yeah. know that he can't, like. You know, make out with you on the street. Correct. Or whatever. Yeah. Even, you know, maybe might not want to hold your hand. Correct. So. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you can't hold your hand of your spouse, 
But, yeah, public displays of affection, you know, there's a place for it. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, making sure that you're valuing and respecting and supporting your spouse. Yeah. So, yeah, that's true for of course. just about everything. Um, this one I thought actually was really key and that was make sure that you're still pursuing your own desires, your own goals, you know, because that is important too. Yeah. Like your whole life shouldn't be wrapped up in this other person. It's not fair to that person. It's not fair to you. And, and then you don't have a backup plan if it goes south. Right. Yeah. And again, there's many for the military. There's a lot of benefits for the spouses, too, to include education opportunities, you mm -hmm. know. Um, so absolutely, take advantage of that stuff. Yeah. 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 So do you have any, like, personal things that you want to talk about as far as, like, why you think that maybe, like, where you think maybe things didn't work out so well? Well, I mean, I, it goes back to, you know, uh, we got married very young. Mm -hmm. We're both from a very small town. Um, we're away from the small town, we're away from our family, um, and for us, for m m myself and Linda, it's, we had small kids. We had Heather and Holly at a very, very young age where most of the spouses didn't have children. Mm -hmm. And so they were able to do things on weekends, uh, there would be parties with them and the Marines from the barracks who had no responsibilities. And, you know, we had small children, so we couldn't always attend. Or, here's another thing, um, if the spouses don't accept your spouse, mm -hmm. which happens a lot, because mm -hmm. women are catty, right? And they talk behind each other's back, and not saying men don't, but that is a big thing is you got to... Um, you got to make sure your wife gets well assimilated into other, with other families that are there. You want your spouse to hang out with individuals that are in similar circumstances, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but that was tough. Okay. That was tough. And I think that was a lion's share of our problems. Okay. And I'm not putting it on her. I mean, I would say I was probably 80% of the problem because I don't think I handled it very well. Mm -hmm. I think I resented the fact that I couldn't do those things. Um, and I probably did not, I know I didn't handle it well. And that caused a lot of hardship and, and you know, you, you gotta have a, you gotta have a, be in a very mature place to have kids, you got to be in a very mature place to make a decision to be in the military, and then you start mixing the two. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a lot to deal with at a 19, 20 year old. Right. And most aren't ready for that, so there's it's going to be rocky. Mm -hmm. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that that would that would be, you know, the the what happened to me, and I would say I'm pretty damn average. Mm -hmm. So well, I can see that. I mean, you're so young, and you're still like wanting to be a young guy. Yeah, right. 
And I'm sure she probably still wanted to be a young woman. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think this was a really cool topic and I was really excited that, you know, see, ask and you shall receive. That's right. So when yep. you reach out and give me a topic, I am more than happy to and answer. And you call. had two pages of research over there. I so sure did. You, do, you just don't go willy nilly like I do. You go and do your, you have your shit <laughs> Well, together. you have life. Well, that one was that one was easy, you know. But like most most cases, I'm just the color analyst here anyway. So you just kind of steer me down a road, and you did a fabulous job. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, thank you guys. I hope that even if this wasn't totally personal to you, that you got something out of it, and I appreciate you listening. I thank you so much. Everyone, please don't forget to subscribe and share the show. I would really appreciate that. I hope you have an awesome weekend, and I will see you soon. Bye-bye.